The nation is bracing itself for a lot of hot air. And I'm not talking about the weather. For the second time in three years, we've got a conservative leadership race on our hands. Exactly who will be the UK's next prime minister and will they melt in this political heatwave? Hello, I'm Sam Rosbottom and this is Politics Only Better. Joining us on this Tory leadership special, we have two brilliant guests who are handling the heat so far. Political correspondent for The Sun on Sunday, Ryan Saby, who joins us live from Westminster, and political analyst and betting.betfair columnist, Paul Krishnamurti. Great to both have you with us. First of all, Ryan, the 1922 committee, they've had their meeting, they've outlined their plans for this race. What is the process? So the Tory MPs will need 20 nominations from their fellow colleagues to uh, put their names forward on the, uh, on, the, on the nomination paper. And from there, their names will go forward to the actual ballot. And then to get to the next stage, um, after Wednesday's first round, they will need 30 votes from, from their colleagues um, to go forward to, to Thursday's vote. Um, and the bottom person will be eliminated. So we could be in a position where by the end of um, this week, we could be down to the last three or four um, before going into sort of shoot-off situation next week. We are recording this special podcast on Wednesday afternoon prior to that deadline. However, looking at the Betfair exchange market, things are, are shaping up there and, and would suggest who is likely to go further than others. Currently, as things stand, Rishi Sunak, former Chancellor, two to one favourite to be the next leader, followed pretty closely now by Penny Mordaunt, who's nine to four. Liz Truss is also in the mix at 16 to five. Then some outsiders, Tom Tugendhat, 19 to one. Uh, Kemi Badenoch, 16 to one. Jeremy Hunt now out to 150 on the exchange. Sajid Javid, 210. Likewise, Nahit Nadim Zahawi, Pretty Patel, she has ruled herself out, along with Grant Shapps, Suella Braverman at 140. So, Paul, the way things are shaping up on the exchange, what are you getting from that? Well, I think they are correct. The, the market is correctly writing off the candidates who aren't, either aren't going to get enough names tonight for nominations or won't get to third. Just one quick thing I would say is if I had to pick one of those people at big prices, it would be Nadim Zahawi just because he declared late. So outside of that, you're saying Nadim Zahawi could be a um, a good shout at, at big odds there if he does make it through, etc. Um, the favourite is Rishi Sunak. He has been the favourite for some time. This morning, uh, Rishi and, and Penny Morden both went joint favourite at nine to four. However, the market has since uh, bounced back to putting Rishi as favourite. Is he rightly so the favourite, do you think, in this race, Ryan? I think he is as it stands because he's got what many in the political trade call the big mo. He has got that momentum behind him. He came out of the blocks very, very early in this race. He was uh, there on, on Friday. He released that video that has now been watched by 8 million people. Um, and he's had a drip drip effect of releasing names, big names um, of supporters. And um, I think this has created that momentum that he needs into his, uh, into his campaign and, and, and set the running. 
The difficulty, I think, for Rishi Sunak is that when it gets to the membership, I think he probably gets through the MP rounds of this. But when it gets to the party members, I think that's where his difficulty may lie. Yeah, he's pledged to grow the economy by first tackling inflation and, and lowering taxes in a speech earlier on today. He's paid tribute to Boris Johnson as well. He's been endorsed by Justice Secretary Dominic Raab. Paul, is he backable at two to one? No, I think he's about the right price because maybe it could be very slightly shorter because I think longer the textbook um, opening salvo from a from a front runner. You know, dozens of MPs. I think he's definitely going to win the first round, and he'll probably win the second round. So therefore, if he's in that last in the final two, then you wouldn't probably go bigger than two to one. But I think he almost definitely will start the big outsider in that finale. We had head-to-head polls from Conservative Home again today, is reiterating what they said last week, which is that Morden trounces him, 58-31 in a head-to-head. Trust beats him 51-37. The only one that Sunak was beating was Tom Tugentart, but there was a large number of undecideds. I think it was 41-31. So what Sunak needs and what it's, he could possibly engineer later on in, in the race, if he has enough support, is a finale between him and Tom Tugentot. But personally, I think he'll come up against Morden and Morden will win comfortably in the finale. £860,000 has been matched currently over on the Betfair Exchange, next Conservative leader market. Rishi Sunak has had a third of that figure. Um, so a very popular selection with the punters. Interestingly, back in early June, he was matched at 47 to 1 uh, in this market, around the time when he backed Boris Johnson in the vote of confidence. His association, Ryan, with Boris Johnson's cabinet and Boris Johnson's government, how much will that impact his race? I think the fact that he's stuck around for so long may impact on some people. But I think the way that his resignation was so dramatic on um, last Tuesday night, that double resignation um, with Sajid Javid, I think in some ways he got out in the nick of time. You know, people were saying that he could have resigned on many, many occasions over the past six months. possibly wasn't happy with the way the government was going, was very, very much talking about fiscal responsibility. Um, So he could have gone at any point. But the way that he got out um, last week, um, I think, gives him very much a fighting fighting chance for for this contest um, when it does get to that final two. Um, And you can see that in the way that uh, his MP colleagues have rallied around him. Absolutely. He's... um... His tagline is is ready for Rishi, but I think it's more that Rishi's been ready for this for, for quite some time, given that he registered his campaign website quite some time ago. That was one of the reports, wasn't it? Um, looking at another market that is available on Betfair Exchange to make the final two, it's pretty clear who punters think that is going to be. We have two selections in there at odds on. No surprise, Rishi Sunak, very, very short. One to seven, he is to back in that market. Followed by Penny Morden, who is now four to five to make the final two. Do you think it will get down to those two, Ryan? And and how likely do you think it is that Penny Morden will be the opposition to Rishi Sunak in this leadership race? I think she's got a good chance. She's got 
credentials. She was Defence Secretary, she served in the Cabinet, she, so she has served at the High Office. Um, but one thing that may count against her um, is the fact that she did stick around um, in Boris Johnson's government till the very, very bitter end. She didn't resign. So I just wonder whether the Tory MPs who did vote in their uh, in their numbers when uh, we had that no confidence vote and then you had the mass resignations, whether that will just be held against her um, when MPs come to cast their votes in the coming days. Paul, is Penny Morden a good option for those who are looking to oppose Sunak? She's currently nine to four. Yeah, I, I, I've been backing her for months. I've got a very big modern position. I think she's electoral gold and she's exactly what they, she's exactly the leader the Conservative Party need. She's a far more convincing Thatcher tribute act than Liz Truss will ever be. You know, she's in the army, she was in the, she served in the, in the Navy. She's a very good media performer. Um, she has, and, and critically, I think this is a really important dynamic. She isn't associated. I know she served Boris Johnson, but she didn't support him in the first place. She wasn't part of their team. She fell out with Dominic, Dominic Cummings, and she represents a fresh start. And I think that there is, you know, a lot of Conservatives are going to be looking at the polls, looking at the national position, which is terrible, and know they need a complete rebrand. So in that situation, Penny Morden or Tom Tugentart could be that, that rebrand. Someone who isn't quite a rebrand and has had the backing of Jacob Rees-Mogg and Nadine Doris, two huge allies of, of Boris Johnson, is Liz Truss. She is in the running, it would suggest, over on the exchange. She's available to back at 4.1, so between 3-1 to one and 16-5. to five. What do you make of her chances? I Well, I think she's a contender. She's definitely a contender, and, and, and for that place in the final two she would be next best I presume behind Morden but she's continuity Johnson right she doesn't I don't there's no rebrand going on there at all plus also we've seen head-to-head polls against Starmer for all the Tories on many occasions in recent years now the ones amongst the ones who have the higher name recognition she always fares terribly and, and, and there's your argument. If she faces Rishi Sunak in the runoff, if there is a runoff, there's Rishi's argument. You know, I can beat Labour, she can't. And I am sceptical. I'm also sceptical about all of the machinations in the early round with these right-wing candidates um, will damage trust. You know, the people who are voting for Kemi Badenoch, the people who are voting for Sunak Bravman, if they get through, that restricts Truss's um, position and... You know, where she is right now, consider that Truss has really been running for leader for five years and she's only got 19 nominations. It's not very good, you know? Yeah, the punters on the exchange haven't ruled her out, Ryan. Are the Conservatives ruling her out? I don't think just yet, but it's going to be really, really tough for her. Um, as Paul says, it's, it's she's one of those candidates who carries on the same as what um, Johnson um, has done, carries on that mantle um, a little bit. And I think there may want to be um, a break from that. So whereas you've got Penny Mordaunt, who, as I said, did serve under under Boris Johnson, you've got Liz Truss there, who's at the very, very heart of it. And it might well be that the Tory MPs and the Tory members who will vote in this contest want something that that little, little bit different. So that's why she may she may struggle if she gets to the final two. 
one of those who are considered a, an outsider by the punters over on the exchange, Tom Tugendhat has said he'd cut fuel duty by 10% and reverse the national insurance rise. He's also pushing for a clean start for the Tories. Currently 19 to 1, odds constantly changing. Um, what do you make of his chances? I've seen a lot of people talk about outsiders. Is is he the main the main sort of outsider for you? Yeah, I think he is because I think that, you know, there's always these mini factional battles going on amongst the MPs for nominations. And I think you would, if you were going to put Tugentart in a in a batch of MP, of, of candidates, he would come in with Javid and Jeremy Hunt. And both of them are very much underperforming at the moment. Only even will make it past the 30, even if they make it tonight. So I think that that will, if you could, you can never completely transfer the vote over, but you could very well put those three candidates' numbers together after the first round and get to 100, in which so he's a contender. And I think also, although he doesn't really fit the ideological profile we might be expecting, he's a Remainer, never supported Johnson, uh, relatively moderate. He's, he's got gravitas. I've been really impressed with him. I've seen him speak in Parliament, for example, over Afghanistan. You know, again, he's a soldier. You can't have a better brand than being a soldier. So I wouldn't dismiss him completely. It's been interesting, hasn't it, to read between the lines and see who's come out on social media and in on television, etc., in interviews, who's been supporting who, who's been throwing their back in to who. An interesting one was Michael Gove, who came out to to publicly support Kemi Badenock. What what do you make of that, Ryan? And what significant is how much significance can we hold in that that Michael Gove has has backed Kemi Badenock? I think every time when Michael Gove does or says anything in politics, we always think as journalists or political observers that there's a, an ulterior, to, ulterior motive. And I think in this case, many people will be wondering the same. Now, I think he's given very, very good reason for backing Kemi Badenoch, but I think even Michael Gove may well um, realise that she may not win this contest. Um, it, the interesting thing is, where does his vote go then? And where does the vote that he's given to Kemi Badenoch and all her supporters go after that? Um, there is a lot of speculation that that vote and that sort of bulk and that caucus of votes for Kemi Badenoch may switch directly to Rishi Sunak. So this may be a way of splitting um, the vote on that right side of the party and then everyone's swinging in behind Rishi Sunak. So I think we can, we've seen a little bit of politicking from um, uh, Michael Gove in, in the last few days. And um, it'll be interesting to see when Kemi, and I'm sure that she'd be one of the first to admit that she uh, may not be the favourite in this race, but where all those votes swing in behind. And at the moment, it seems like it's um, behind Rishi Sunak. And as someone um, described this morning, it could be Team Kishi um, by the end of the week. Well, Michael Gove does have form when it comes to backing a, uh, a next Conservative leader, obviously, through his support behind Boris Johnson last time back in 2019. But the market certainly not dismissing her, Paul, currently 14 to 1. Could that be value? Uh, I don't think so. I think Ryan's absolutely nailed it. I think that's exactly what's going on. I think that she is has been encouraged into the race maybe to split Sunak's rivals' votes and she'll switch over and get a top job. You know, halfway through the campaign, she'll be... And, and, and not only that, but she, 
created a lot of excitement amongst the members. I mean, look how well she did in the first membership poll. That would, if she jumps on board behind Sunak at the end of the week, well, that gives a big boost to Sunak's campaign amongst members. Uh, so I think this, I, I, I find it just unbelievable that someone with that, without that experience, however much potential she might have, could be a serious contender for Prime Minister. I don't think she is, but I think it's going on. She's there to benefit sooner. Looking at the other runners and riders in the next Conservative leadership race, huge outsiders currently on the exchange, Jeremy Hunt, Sajid Javid, Nadeem Zahawi, uh, Suella Braverman. Any of those names in with a serious chance, do you feel, Ryan? Not particularly. Um, I think the interesting thing with all those candidates is how their how their votes split. Um, I think you can look at Jeremy Hunt. You could say with all his supporters, and I don't think there are too many about, but whether they row in behind Tom Tugendhat, as I said before, does that then give Tom Tugendhat's um, campaign a little bit of momentum to be that candidate on the sort of left of the party, that one nation wing, is he that person to then go forward? But I think Sajid Javid is is struggling with, with numbers a little bit um, and you just wonder whether he may call it a day. It's a bit like Grant Shapps who did have some good supporters, sort of a fair number of them, but realised he wasn't going to win this contest. Perhaps wasn't going to reach that 30 um, threshold um, to get through to the next round. So I thought it may be best to cut um, his losses and get him behind Rishi Sunak, who he clearly admires and was backing him there at the uh, the campaign launch today. Yeah, really interesting one, isn't it? And I'm sure, Paul, that we are going to see, if they don't quite make it through to the next round, um, significant movements based on where those votes will be going yeah uh, and, the, and and the, and the real big question to me is just how orchestrated and organized is the sunat campaign because if you take for example but the example of boris johnson last time at this point in the game he was the front runner but there was always we were having all these conversations about what might happen in the later rounds as it was candidate after candidate fell into line things fell his way and if Javid, for example, is lined up, is lining that up, that would be another big, big uh, boost for Sunak. Um, I, yeah, I think I think the really interesting thing for me is what happens with this two-part-hunt vote, because I don't think Hunt's got a prayer, but he does still carry some supporters. Um, I think they will largely switch to um, two-part, maybe a bit to Sunak. But, you know... I can see a scenario where Truss underperforms, Tugentart beats her, and then you've got a last three of Penny Morden, Rishi Sunak, Tom Tugentart. And if Sunak is well ahead, he can start lending votes to whichever candidate he wants. Interesting that you mentioned the Boris Johnson campaign. This time at that point in 2019, Johnson's odds were longer than, than Sunak's are at the moment. Um, I looked into the exchange data today, really fascinating, but Rishi Sunak is, is, has got a shorter price now than Boris Johnson did back in 2019. I wonder, can, can we read much into that, do you think? It is a very different race, to be fair, um, you know, because we knew that Brexit was immediately on the line and therefore it had, it, it, Remainers had no chance. Um, but that a lot of the same people who backed Boris Johnson are backing Rishi Sunak. It has the same extremely slick, orchestrated look about it, the campaign. Um, and we, as I say, we may have 
tactics that are already prepared for later in the race to suit him, as Boris Johnson did. So, yeah, there is something to read into it. Although, you know, again, if, if you're going back into further Tory leadership contest, the general rule is take on the early favourite. And soon that would, would look exactly like Ken Clark was before several Tory leaderships he didn't win, for example. Ryan, you're joining us from Westminster. What have you seen? What have you heard? What's the word on Westminster? I think the, the, it's catch Sunak or stop Sunak. That seems to be um, the, the word on the street. It's uh, we've seen a few dirty tricks in the in, in the past few days. We saw that video of um, Rishi Sunak where he said that he didn't have any. We questioned whether he had uh, any uh, working class friends, and you've had people pushing that, some uh, possible enemies pushing that. Um, on social media. But it does seem that Rishi Sunak at the moment is that runaway candidate and it's um, all about um, who's going to join him in that last two. So that seems to be the main thrust of, uh, of where everyone is going. Um, um, the, the other thing is there could be an outsider in that, in that final um, two or three. You know, where, where does Tom Tugendhat end up? Um, Liz Truss. Um, and I think one of the other things is that the, the, the big names... Um, are not doing as well as what we thought. Um, Jeremy Hunt, Sajid Javid talked a good, talked a good game, but actually, when it comes down to getting those nominations and those um, those actual votes into the into the ballot box, we'll have to see. But it seems like they are coming up a little bit short at the moment. And look at uh, Pretty Patel. Lots of people urging her to stand, but um, she felt that wasn't quite the right thing to do. What do you think the key topics are going to be during this race? Once when it gets down to two candidates. What will it come down to? Because we, we've already seen a, a debate around tax with uh, various candidates coming saying that they will will slash various taxes, etc. Um, we've seen a debate around national security, the situation in Ukraine. What do you think is going to be the, the linchpin? I think it's going to come down to um, fiscal responsibility, those tax measures um, and those um, tax cuts that um, lots of candidates already have, uh, have spelled out. And you contrast um, whether, any, whether one candidate or any of the candidates are going to um, cut the national insurance rise, um, not bring in the um, corporation tax rise next year. And you can compare that with uh, Rishi Sunak, who's very much... Uh, talking about uh, responsibility when it comes to handling the economy, I think that is going to be a key dividing line. All of the um, all of the uh, candidates, um, it seems that they've committed to the Rwanda policy, so that could have been headache for one or two of the candidates if they were a bit lukewarm to that. I think um, also Ukraine, the handling of that will be um, the, uh, the onlookers and observers and members of the Tory Party will be looking um, to the candidates' stance on that. Um, so there's a look, but also the NHS and the COVID backlog. How is that going to be um, handled um, in the coming weeks and uh, months, really? And also in the sort of basically in the run up to the next general election. So there's lots of things on the horizon, lots of subjects, probably outside the comfort zones of uh, some of the politicians um, to, uh, to deal with. So it's going to be a pretty interesting 10 days before we get down to that final two and those two names go forward to the uh, Conservative Party members. We briefly mentioned the race for leadership in, in 2019 and a, and a key talking point for that was, of course, Brexit. Um, looking at it this time round, Tom Tugendhat, who currently has things stand in the market, is in that outsiders group, but still, you know, being backed by the, the punters. He voted for Remain. 
how will that impact his race, do you think? I think there's an element of that on the fringes, but I think overall um, it won't make too much um, too much difference, I, I don't think. I think Tom Tugendhat has already picked up quite a few people on the leave side. And don't forget as well, Liz Truss, um, she backed uh, Remain. Um, Sajid Javid backed Remain. Um, Rishi Sunak was actually um, a lever. I don't think it's going to play too much um, into it, but I, I think if you did back remain like Liz Truss, you may have to overcompensate for that a little bit. But um, I think it's, I th- I'm, I'm not saying that clearly the subject is very much alive, um, but I don't think it's going to be uh, front and centre of uh, this campaign. Paul, where's the value then? We've got a, a few markets uh, available, lots of political markets over on Betfair Exchange on this particular uh, race for leadership to make the final two next Conservative leader. Where, where's your value tip? Uh, definitely Penny Warden to win. I think those odds will shorten up considerably. I do think she's running a good campaign. I don't think Liz Truss is really going to um, fall to expectations and that will leave her the clear second favourite, in which case I think at some point she goes odds on um, because of the members' poll. Um, I mean, I'm also going to be very interested in the round-by-round round betting you know, the which, which, how many, who's going to get 30 votes, for example. So I'm inclined to think that Badenoch will survive tonight and she may even get through the first round. Um, so I'd be interested in that. Very much against Hunt. I think Hunt's going to, Hunt's got all the support he was going to get. There we go. Lots of markets available over on Betfair Exchange for this Conservative leadership race. Looking a little bit further into the future, um, well, maybe not somewhat, no, so far into the future, if um, the Labour Party get what they want. Obviously, they are uh, talking about a vote of confidence in Parliament. Uh, we could have uh, another general election, although looking at the exchange market, 14 to 1 for a, a general election in 2022, looking very unlikely. And um, what will this mean for the next election, though, Ryan? And is that something that you think that they're they're looking at and considering at the moment? A general election, I wouldn't have th- I, I wouldn't have thought so. I think that um, having spoken to uh, Tory MPs over the last twenty four hours, I think a general election um, is a, is a long way off. You wouldn't really want to go into a general election with inflation running at nine percent. Um, uh, the economy um, is sort of hobbling along. Um, I think you kind of need to get out of that. And some Tory strategists are trying to look for some sort of sweet spot in between uh, the economy trying to pick up again. And also everyone, I say that, the public remembering all this, all the good work that the, uh, the government um, did during that pandemic, whether it was furlough, whether it was business loans, whether it was the vaccine. So I think they're trying to find that, that sweet spot um, and that, could be that, that could mean that the uh, politicians go long, and we could well see uh, a, ge- a general election any time from October twenty three to uh, spring summer twenty four. I don't think it's I don't think it's around the corner. Do you think that will have an impact? You know, a potential general election or the you know the general election in in the future. Are they thinking about that when they cast their votes? Oh no, the the the, uh, the MPs and the the members certainly will be. Um, they'll be looking at um, you know who the best candidate is to take on Keir Starmer, and I think. One of the problems for the Conservatives is that um, Keir against any of the other um, candidates, it seems pretty, uh, well, I think Keir is, is in the lead. I think it's only um, Rishi Sunak who, uh, 
who was leading um, Keir Starmer in one of the polls that I saw. So uh, Tory members will be having a look at, um, will be having half an eye on that. Um, but they'll also be trying to pick who they think should be the best person in the Conservative Party. So they're in a bit of a dilemma, actually. Paul, we've seen a lot of polling data this week, uh, like Ryan mentioned. What sort of impact will this decision that the Conservative MPs and membership are going to take on who their next leader will be have on on the betting market for the, the next general election? Well, it's really interesting because, um, you know, at the moment it's virtually even as Conservatives, slight favourites to win most seats. And that has, you know, that stayed regardless of Labour opening up consistent double-digit leads now. There was a 15% this year. Now, that is obviously extreme. And when you look into the numbers, there's a large number of don't-knows who used to be Conservative voters. So we assume that it's probably more like an eight-point lead. Um, I personally think that if they, if they do this right, if they pick Morden, then we're probably more in a 1992 situation than 1997, which in, by which I mean the Tories were miles behind mid-term when Thatcher left, when they got rid of Thatcher. And under a new leader who was relatively unknown but was able to build a personal brand quite quickly, they won a majority two years later and Labour needed two to, an extra term to come back. But if they get this wrong, if they pick a Liz Truss or... I'm not convinced Sunak is that electable, personally. I think his reputation is built on sand, really. I think we stay pretty much where we are. Certainly going to be uh, fascinating. We are expecting there to be plenty of action over on the Betfair exchange markets. To give you some context, back in 2016, the Conservative leadership race, there's £4.8 million matched. In 2019, there was £16.5 million matched. Currently, as things stand, going into the candidates' declarations, uh, £864,000 matched as we record this over on the Betfair Exchange. So we are anticipating that this will be a very popular market with plenty of odds movement, no doubt about that, as we uh, go through those stages of voting before we find the final two. It is set to be a very interesting week. Uh, Do stay updated with all the latest political betting analysis over on betting.betfair.com. And if, like me, you're absolutely enthralled by all the action, you can check out the Politics Live blog, which is updated by Paul. Um, Lots of Great, interesting data and insight in there from Paul. So do check that out over on betting.betfair.com. And if you are into other sports like football, horse racing and golf, then do check out the other brilliant podcasts available on the Betfair Podcast Network. There's actually a cracking open championship preview that's just gone live and it's very good indeed. Uh, Till next time, though, thank you very much for listening. And thank you to our two brilliant guests live from Westminster, political correspondent for The Sun on Sunday, Ryan Saby and political analyst and betting.betfair columnist Paul Krishnamurti. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week.